Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast. I'm MK, he's WG, LB, pressing the buttons, and we're HQing on a Friday. That doesn't rhyme, but close enough, friends. How are we all doing? William, Lawrence, what a splendid day it is. What a fantastic podcast we have in store for everyone. How are we all doing? It's a Friday for us, and we are very ready for the weekend, but it's already the weekend for you, and it's Saturday morning, and you're up early, so mm. applause, for, applause for, the, uh, for the Australian podcasters helping us out here. Great job. Yeah, no worries. No worries. That's dedication. Anything I can do for this beloved team, I mean, this beloved network that we call CHGO, I'm just uh, pleased to be here, friends, talking about... Uh, what are we talking about today, William? I think we're talking about um, the Chicago Bulls, but specifically, what are we uh, diving into? I'll let you tell the fans, Give the, the listeners, what's, uh, what's on the agenda. Cool. So this was, I think, your idea, but basically, Definitely we are in the absolute... No, 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 this, the second part. I'm sorry with the second right, part. Right, right. The second the, part is mine. Yeah, yeah. The absolute dead of the NBA season, right? Like there's two months during the year where there's nothing going on in the NBA and we just so happen to be in one of them. So we're trying to get creative here. We're trying to have some fun. So we came up with some fake betting lines that we can kind of use to help project and predict how the Bulls might do in certain areas and give us a chance to talk about where they maybe improved, where they still stand to improve. Uh, So we'll get into some of those in the second part of the show. But first... I wanted to give you, Mark, the stage to just express your ever love, ever living hate for Patrick Williams. Why do you hate him so much? Why do you rain on everybody's parade when we see him, you know, whooping some ass on the pickup court? Just it just means nothing to you. Thank you, Lawrence, for for pulling this up. But everybody gets so excited when they see him going for a layup, and Evan Mobley's on the court defending him. <laughs> And you're just out here, wet blanketing, just just raining on everybody's parade as he just drills jumper after jumper in Evan Mobley's face. Future Defensive Player of the Year, Evan Mobley. What's Who your deal, Mark? Why do, you, why, do you hate, why do you hate Patrick Williams so much, Mark? Well, Look at that long, well, too, Pat. Come on. Let it, let us, let's be very clear before we launch into this. Um, this is how this segment came to be. I logged into Notion where we you know, outline what we're going to talk, to, talk about. 
And I, I logged in there in good faith thinking, all right, what are we going to talk about today on this Friday? <laughs> as you noted, there's not much happening in the NBA more generally, let alone Chicago Bulls basketball. But because I'm in the content creator game, obviously I had to go in there and think about things to discuss. So I went into Notion, logged in, did my thing and pulled up the page, you know, did all that sort of stuff. And lo and behold, as is often the case, William Gottlieb has beat me to the uh, punch as he's want to do. He's always in there first, plugging away, doing his stuff and Little did I know that in topic one, I see the headline, Why Mark Hates Patrick Williams. And um, <laughs> I just had to laugh. So let's be very clear. I'm, we're not talking about Patrick Williams because I want to talk about Patrick Williams. Because if it was up to me, I did, would not want to be talking about Patrick Williams. But I guess we have to now because we've said we will. So we will. Why do I hate him? Let me just say real quick, because every time something like this comes up, and it always happens... There's a segment of fans who are like, this is going to be Patrick next year. Like, inject this into my veins. This is not who Patrick is. He's going to be like 25, 30 usage guy scoring 25 points a night and like running the offense. And I, we, we talked about it a little bit on our show yesterday, so I'm not going to like go too deep into it. I just wanted to give you a platform to say it. But you're coming from always the very other end of the spectrum, which is just like, guys, chill. Like, this is just pickup footage of an NBA player playing against a bunch of non-NBA players in a summer game in L.A. Like, what are we talking about here? So, obviously, Twitter being Twitter, or X being X now, whatever. I can't even, like, find my Twitter tab anymore because they changed the little logo on it, and now it's a black X, and I don't know where it is. Um, So, of course, of course, that just devolves into Mark hates Patrick and everybody else loves Patrick. But I wanted to give you the platform here on the CHGO Bulls podcast to express exactly how it is that you feel about Patrick Williams. Well, yeah, I've been irritating his stand base over the last few days. Not um, not purposefully, but uh, just has been what it has been, I suppose. Just a just that's just a regular Thursday Thursday afternoon for me, I suppose. That's just what happens. But uh, yeah, look. <sighs> If, if people want to react to a video showing him hitting jumpers over some some players who are NBA guys who are clearly not playing NBA-level de- defense or some players who most certainly are not NBA players, then they're welcome to do so. I'm not stopping anyone from reacting to however they want to react to whatever video it may be, whether it's Patrick Williams or not. But you can do what you want to do. I will do what I want to do. And that is, I will laugh at you when you <laughs> when you are reacting to grainy IG videos that show you making 10 jumpers that sh- do not show the context beyond that, any misses, you know, who's playing in the game, any of that. Like, if you want to get excited about it, cool, do your thing. I'm not stopping you from doing so. But I'm not going to get excited about Patrick Williams or any player making some open jumpers or whatever it may be, or even just some contested jumpers in practice. It doesn't mean anything. It means literally zero to me. And, you know, you can compile, uh, you know, highlight videos, videos, mixtapes, whatever it might be of any damn player in the in, in the NBA. You can make them look better than what they are ultimately are. Like Jeff Green, you could put together an, an incredible highlight NBA champion, Jeff Green. Jeff Green. NBA champion, but you could make him look like maybe the greatest player that has ever existed if you really wanted to. So my point is I don't put any stock into these videos at all. And if you do, cool. You can do whatever you want, as I will. I, if, if you're getting excited over it because it's July and there's nothing else happening to do and, and nothing helping, else happening to the balls, then more power to you. You can do whatever you want, but I will too, and I will laugh at you for getting excited about it. Am I an asshole for doing so? Am I a sarcastic jerk for doing so? Yes, obviously. Have you not? 
have we not? Hasn't this not already been established by this point? I, <laughs> I thought I've been very clear on that. That as to this is who I am. <laughs> it's, it's very clear who I am at this point. But in terms of Patrick Williams, I don't hate Patrick Williams. I think he's a good and fine young basketball player. I do think the last time we saw him is probably more relevant than what he's doing in pickup right now. And the last time we saw Patrick Williams, he had two points and two rebounds in 17 minutes against the Miami Heat and had lost his starting power forward job. So that's what I'm focusing more so on than him making jumpers over a random guy in some you know, pickup game on IG in July. So sorry, I guess that's what I'm going to do. That's just my take. Absolutely elite super chat here from Sorry No Waffles. Remember, Mark doesn't hate Patrick. He just hates all of us who like Patrick. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. And Spot I know who on. this guy is. He was in my comments on Twitter the other day. I'm pretty sure it's the same person. If it's not, it's just a coincidence. But uh, I have no issues with Patrick Williams. I have issues with the discourse surrounding Patrick Williams. And maybe I contribute to that. But there was another person let's say another account yesterday that annoyed me by comparing patrick williams's numbers to um to Kawhi leonard and i'm like what why are we still doing this after three years why are we still doing the poor claw crap and i guess we have to or some people have to because you know there's not much else to really hope for or you know real really much upside for these bulls team so maybe we have to lean into this and just pray that that is a thing that can actually happen but it just does a disservice one to to Kawhi Leonard it's actually disrespectful to do so given that Kawhi Leonard was a finals mvp in year 3 whereas Patrick Williams like i said was benched for Patrick Beverly um so kind of different um I think that's kind of different, but uh, like it doesn't. It's just disrespectful for Kawhi Leonard, but it's also like a disservice for Patrick Williams as well to be comparing him to someone like Kawhi Leonard. And I get called a hater all the time, but there was fun, like someone in my mentions earlier today as well saying I'm a hater because I was only Pat- uh, comparing Patrick Williams to Aaron Gordon, as if that's a bad comparison to make, given that Aaron Gordon literally just won a championship as the third best player on a championship team. So, anyways. Uh, it is what it is, but uh, I, I don't have, I don't hate Patrick Williams. I think he's going to be a good player. I've always said he's going to be a good player. Never said he's going to be a bust. I just don't subscribe to this theory that he's the uh, the second coming. But if people do, then you know, more power to them, I guess. Shout out to Jack Broom, old man yells at Cloud, very much on brand. And thanks again to Sorry No Waffles for the super chat. Um, Look, I think you're absolutely right. These pickup game, I mean, it's just like it's summer fun. I just I put it into a different compartment you know it's just it's its own thing it's fun to watch those videos doesn't mean anything absolutely not but it is kind of fun to see at least like some nba level talent just destroying regular people because it puts into perspective how freaking good and athletic and giant these guys are um i will also say this like i still believe in patrick williams i don't think he's going to be Kawhi leonard Kawhi leonard is a multiple time finals mvp he's a defensive player of the year he's an all-time great player uh patrick williams probably not going to get there but I do think he's going to get better. I think he's going to be good. He's already good, just not good in the way that I think a lot of people want him to be. Um, but I think to your point, that's like one of the few areas of like real hope that you can have as a Bulls fan. So for me, I think you want to see the growth. Like I've talked a lot to Patrick. He's a really good guy. He's very um, humble and just nice. And I want to see him succeed. But it's also obviously going to be what's best for the Bulls if he reaches another level. Uh, and so we'll see. I There's so much weirdness around him in general, like with the discourse of uh, can he thrive with DeMar DeRozan on the team? Um, you know, get, are the Bulls going to be better off if they just dump DeMar so that they can put the ball in Patrick's hands? 
no, like that's just no. Um, but I do think he's got room to improve. I think he will continue to get better. And I have really high hopes for him to be able to score, you know, 15 or 18 points a night at some point in his career. But Kawhi Leonard, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, and I was going back and forward with this with uh, Chris Amundsen on Twitter the other day. And, you know, he was mentioning that, you know, I should be changing my behavior, that I have the the option here to set the discourse or be part of the discourse and set it correct and not getting to this whole, you know, is he a bust? Is he a superstar type thing that, that, that um, the narrative seemingly is, and maybe I should be more constructive about it, but I just can't be bothered because what's, what's, what's the point? Because the, the, the he's so polarizing in so many ways, Patrick Williams. I, and to, again, to be clear, I, I feel like I have the right opinion about Patrick Williams. I think he's a good and fine player. I, I just need to see him when he's starting job back before I start comparing him to future hall of famers. Is, is that too much to ask? Probably not, but to some people, I guess it is, but yeah, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what positives there are to really have a, a good and thoughtful conversation about Patrick Williams at this stage, because there's, some people on one end of the spectrum that declare him a bust because he's a former number four pick who, uh, like I said, has barely averaged 10 points and he's, you know, has lost his starting job to, you know, roll guys, journeyman roll guys. So there's that, there's that end of the spectrum, but then there's others who just believe that when he makes a step back jumper, that he's the second coming as if, you know, there isn't a whole bunch of other wing size guys doing it in the NBA, younger guys coming through all the time who are doing similar things. So, the discourse is what it is for a number of different reasons. But uh, yeah, it's for me, it's less about Pat. It's more about how we talk about that. And yes, I acknowledge that I'm a douchebag when I talk about him. Cool, fine, whatever. But uh, yeah, it could be better. Maybe I should be better. But I don't know, William. It is what it is. Well, you know, we need people that are pulling us all the way in this direction saying he's a star. We need people pulling him, pulling us all the way this way to remind us that he's actually a bench player right now and that he lost his starting job. And the truth is somewhere in the middle, but you need people on both ends to sort of keep you, keep you balanced. And I, I like to try to stay in the middle. I like to stay balanced, but I, I do think, especially with Patrick, because the hope is so high, because it, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with AK, like people either just thought he was like this God, just like pulling strings and like making all the rest of the GMs look like fools when he <laughs> traded, you know, a second round pick and Thomas Sadoransky for Lonzo ball. Uh, he's made some good thing, good moves. He's made some bad moves. He's, he's done, uh, you know, he's done some okay jobs in the draft. He's kind of swung and missed on a few. It's just like, not everything is totally black or totally white. Um, and I think with a guy who's in Patrick's position, who's as young as he is, who, um, you know, I think it's a, a, the benefit of the doubt a lot of time because of missing that season, because of being only 21 years old. He still is young. Um, he still did miss a season, but he's also had a lot of time in the NBA to prove that he could be more than what he is, and he hasn't done it. So I think it's fair coming from both sides, but I just I think as much as it's important that we have people on either end of the spectrum pulling us in opposite directions, it's also probably fair to have somebody in the middle just saying, like, all of this stuff is true to a certain extent, and I don't know. That's where, that's where I try to be. Lukewarm takes with Will. That's my, that's my logo. <laughs> Well, look, I, I feel like I have lukewarm Patrick Williams takes as well, but um, seemingly maybe that's not the case, or at least some people don't think that's to be the case. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think he's has been a good player. I think he will continue to grow as a good player. I've always said that I think he's 
most likely outcome is to be a very good uh, you know, ceiling raising role guy in the same way that Lonzo Ball was. Not not in the they don't play the same way, but can he be that connective piece to a team like Lonzo was, like Aaron Gordon was to the Nuggets, which is why I compared Patrick Williams to Aaron Gordon, which I think is a good and fair comparison, despite what some people may, you know, think or may not think. Uh, but I, th- I think Pat has real scope to be a good player in this in in this league, and we'll see if he gets there. I don't think he has that star upside, but maybe he does. And if he does, cool. I'll happily wear that I was wrong about him. Because if I'm wrong about Patrick Williams, that's good for for me because it's good for the Chicago Bulls. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. And if Pat is good and the Bulls are good, then I'm then I'm good. So it, there's no issues. But um, I I guess the coming back to your point, the, the thing that annoys me about the discourse, and again, it's not about Pat. It's not about who he is as a person or anything of that nature. It's just how we talk about him and the lack of accountability sometimes that we have with him, probably because he was a number four former pick. And, you know, if this guy was the 14th pick or the 24th pick or something like that, would the would the combination, sorry, the conversation still be what it is now? Would he still be getting the benefit of the, the doubt that he still does? And that's the part that kind of bothers me. And you, you hit on a, a point that irritates me endlessly is like the fact that he's playing with Vooch and Demar and Zach, and because of that, that that he has no ability to to develop, or you know, his in, lack of development, whatever that may be. I actually do think he has developed. A lot of people will say the Bulls are bad at developing. That Pat hasn't developed. I think he had, he did develop last season. To be fair, but a lot of people will just sort of say that it's impossible for him to develop his game, or it's not possible for him to really show who he, who he is because he's playing with these veterans. And I'm like. That's not true at all. There are still scope for him. There is scope for him to do his thing and to really impact this rotation as we see other guys do. But for whatever reason, again, he gets the the benefit of the doubt, which is not his fault. It's just the discourse around it. But that, that's, again, another reason why things irritate me, but that's less to do with Pat. And again, it's more to do with his fans as Sorry No Waffles uh, kindly suggested in his Super Chat. So thank you again, Sorry No Waffles. But um are we, are we done talking about Patrick Williams? Do we have to continue talking about Patrick Williams? Well, I think just the last thing I have is like, to your point about like where he was drafted, you mentioned Jeff Green. He was a fifth overall pick. Aaron Gordon, fourth mm. overall pick. Like, just because you're drafted at a certain spot does not mean that you're going to emerge into a star. I think that's like the whole discourse about tanking and like, you know, just giving yourself the best chance that you can to get that first overall pick because that's the most likely that you're probably going to be able to get a star. But we see Tyrese Halliburton or Devin Vassell who were drafted like 10 and 11 in the same draft class be much more productive, much higher level NBA players than Patrick is right now. Um, But again, that doesn't make Patrick bad. Like I had a conversation about this with DeMar at one point during last season. And he was kind of saying like, you guys just don't see how much we ask him to do. Like taking on the best offensive player every single night um, to have to like pick your spots and not really see opportunity for scoring as much because the Bulls offense is so sort of built around these three guys. Like it's just a lot of pressure to do what he does. And he does the things that he does at a high, high level. He shoots the ball well, he defends well, and he's getting better. He's still young. Like it, he's not a 25 point per game scorer. Um, and he's also not on the other end of this, like the role player, the impact of a role player, like a Caruso or even a Javante Green or Alonzo Ball, like guys like that who don't need the ball as much but still find a way to have a huge impact on the team. Patrick's somewhere in the middle. I think he'll continue to get better. 
Um, but just because he was the fourth overall pick doesn't like necessarily mean that he's going to be a star and it's just everything the bulls are doing is preventing him from being able to get to that point. Um, I think, like I said, he'll get, he'll get better. He'll continue to grow, but I think you just have to like read the context and like all these different things that we see, whether it's a grainy, uh, footage of a pickup game in LA over the summer or him losing his spot during a key moment of a play-in game, um, all these different things are data points that you factor into how, what he is as a player and he's all of those things and he'll continue to get more data on him and we'll continue to see more of what he does. And I'm really excited to see that because again, I do think he's going to be really good, but I think really good can mean a lot of different things and we just have to see what that means for him. I agree with all that, but at the same time, you can make the exact same argument for a whole bunch of wings in the NBA. Um, so I guess that would be my counterpoint that uh, we are very Bulls focused as we should be. Obviously, we're Bulls fans. This is a Bulls podcast. But I think if we look past our situation, that there's a lot of wings out there doing a lot of good things. And the less, or I, I guess the slower Patrick gets to the point that we ultimately want to get want him to get to then more guys go past him which is obviously not ideal too so um yeah i I think he's carrying the burden of the number four pick i think you know sometimes fairly sometimes unfairly but uh you know and demar you know he can eloquently say there's all these things that the bulls are asking pat to do which is fair and true but the same is true for a whole bunch of other guys in the league who are doing good things too so i guess that would be my counter but nonetheless let's move on i've had enough talking about patrick williams Today, we'll have two more months to just days. really get into it without having any new stuff to talk about. So well, let's, say, let's save some of that for later, at least. If more IG videos drop, and uh, do you reckon there will be an Instagram video that, that drops it all of him missing any jumpers? Do you think that'll happen, or is it just going to be more makes? Probably all makes. Probably all makes. Yeah. Maybe he'll go to yeah. the Drew League and, and shoot you know, 14 for 14 in a game. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But in the meantime... Let's um let's try to pick things up, I guess. And and one way people can do this, William, is to uh to really educate themselves and expand themselves, expand their minds, and they can do so at Lewis University. That is absolutely right, my friend. Lewis University is for students just like you, with full-time jobs, families, and who have full-time responsibilities, and of course are full-time sports fans. But if you're interested in going back to school to earn a respected degree, You can do that at Lewis University, located just 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. It is ranked as one of the U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. The faculty at Lewis University also bring real-world experience and instruction into the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career and they can offer career support and academic resources for adult students. So if you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. They've got criminal justice and public safety. They've got data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, finance, MBA, project management, and more. So discover how a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better world Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. I'll need to go onto that website to see if Lewis U has any, you know, content creating type 
courses of how to put together, you know, video production, getting your mobile out, getting on IG, putting together some, you know, cool basketball clips of players, you know, making jumpers. I wonder if they have a course on that. I but think you need to maybe they- chill out with some some product <laughs> over here from Sunnyside. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll check out. I'll check out what's what's going on at Lewis University. But assuming that they can't help me out, then my friends at Sunnyside most definitely can, because they will get the creative juices flowing. They will get the vibe set right. Because Sunnyside is your home of judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array, a wide, wide array of high-quality products. So Sunnyside has any, everything and anything to elevate your summer, William. I understand it's the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, I'm pretty sure it's pretty hot in Chicago right now. At least I hear a lot of you Americans complaining about how hot it is, and it's probably not actually that hot, but I, I assume that you guys are com- complaining about 90 how, how degrees it is. right now feels like 99 Oh, heaven forbid it's only 90 degrees. Well, d- despite that, you know, torturous, torturous weather that you're living through right plus now. Plus the humidity, if, dude. If, if you dare step out of your, you know, your hot, your air-conditioned home, then head, head down to one of the Sunny's Dice stores or even if you want to stay, you know, in your air-controlled rooms, you can you can order all your stuff online too. So Sunny, Sunnyside has just a... A range, an assortment of beautiful, beautiful products that you can get your hands on that'll elevate your summer. Uh, William, we've been discussing Patrick Williams here. I'm not sure if he's the uh, the athlete that has made you feel good this week. Perhaps he is based on all the IG videos that are going around. But is he? Is Patrick Williams and his IG the 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 thing that has made you feel good this week? Always, 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 Patrick. There you go. There you go. And through August, friends, if you head to sunnyside.shop and use promo code CHGO25 at checkout, you will receive 25% off your order. That order is, uh, or that, that code is one use per customer. And it's not necessarily stackable with other promotions, but it's for new customers, but also returning customers too. So that that's a benefit. So be sure to use that promo code CHGO25 to pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. You must be 21 or older or an Illinois card, med card holder. Now, moving on, we're talking fake bets here because it's fake season. There's nothing else to talk about, and we're setting some fake betting lines, William, because we are company men. We appreciate what DraftKings do for us here at CHDO. So we thought, why not let, lend our expertise here, set some lines, and maybe some of these just might make their way on uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook at some point in time. So we're setting some fake betting lines. We're going to spend the rest of the show discussing these. Uh, William and I have come up with these. Obviously, they're linked to our Chicago Bulls. But um, whilst I thought we were escaping the Patrick Williams conversation, not just yet, William, because we have an over-under here that I set this particular line for. Um, and it relates to Patrick Williams, as I said. There is an over-under. And the over-under is set at 41 and a half. And that relates to if Patrick Williams will start more than 41 and a half games this season. Now, are we going over or are we going under? What are we doing here? I'm going over 41 and a half points per game. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Uh, No, I think... uh, So let's just lay the groundwork here. So Patrick started uh, 65 games last year, obviously played all 82. Um at one point did lose his job to Javante green against the warriors. And then Javante got hurt in that very game. And then obviously Patrick slotted back into the starting role. And then during, uh, after the buyout, they brought in Patrick Beverly and moved him into the starting lineup over Iota Sumu. And then also brought, uh, Alex Caruso in 
for the the stretch run to play starting power forward. Um, so, okay. He played 82 games last year. I think that number is just probably going to go down. It just stands mm-hmm. to reason that it's unlikely he's going to play all 82 again. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think, you know, you, you lose Patrick Beverly, but you bring in Javon Carter, you bring in Torrey Craig. And I think Torrey Craig probably had some other options out there. I think that he probably was maybe not promised a starting role, but I think he's definitely going to be the front runner to be the starter. Um, And so I would probably take the under on this. I think Patrick's going to come off the bench for the majority of the year. I think he'll play, um, you know, probably roughly the same amount of minutes per game, like 28 was his number last year, maybe like in the 26, 28 range. So I don't think like the, the amount that we see Patrick is going to change all that much, but I think with the bulls goal to be, to make the playoffs. And I think like even more than last year, the pressure is on now for the bulls to make the playoffs, right? Like they, they cannot miss the playoffs this year. If you go into the same thing, you bring back Vooch, you invest more resources into this group. Um, you have to make the playoffs, especially like that. It just brings me back to that line from that article that Keith had Keith Smith at spot track um, where there was that note saying from somebody in the bulls organization anonymously, we are going to make the playoffs. Like people need to chill about wanting to blow it up. We will be in the playoffs. Um, I, I just don't think the pressure has been higher on this team to make the playoffs as high as it was last year. And I think for that reason, I'm going under on the 41 and a half games started for Patrick, because I think, Torrey Craig is just going to be a better option. He may not play 36 minutes a night, but I do think he's going to be in there because I think he complements what the core three, I'm not calling them mid three. I'm not calling them big three. I'm calling them the core three players on the bulls and what they, uh, what they need to accomplish. So what do you think about that? 41 and a half over under. Well, firstly, the, the core three that that explains why you're not in marketing because it just doesn't have the, the the ring to it that it needs. So that that's one thing that I lukewarm think. Lukewarm takes, um, baby. That's my brand. Yeah, lukewarm takes on Pat and coming, you know, back to this this line starting, you know, forty one and a half or not. I would just say Kawhi Leonard in year four because you know Patty's the next Kawhi Leonard. He started all sixty four of his games, so the expectation should be that Pat starts every single game in year four because he is the next Kawhi Leonard, clearly. I'm I'm going over, William. I'm going over. So um, I think he starts more than 41 and a half games. I'm not convinced that he starts every single game at power forward, but I do think they're going to really try to get Pat back into that starting unit. They really need to see what he is as a starting power forward next to this team because at some point, like Pat, Pat, at some point, Pat's going to be playing with other good players. We we can talk about, you know, Zach, DeMar, Vooch, whatever it may be, taking possessions away from him right now. But at some point, Patrick Williams, will hopefully, will be playing with other good players. Like, so how does he mix in with those other good players at that point in time, in, you know, down the road? He has to learn how to play with good with good players. He, he needs to learn how to feed off those good players. Whilst I thought it was a good decision to send him to the bench and assuming he comes off the bench again, I still think there would be merits for us to why that does make sense. 
But I do think the Bulls are going to going to try and you know start him at power forward and make him the starting power forward. And I think he does clear this line, and um, you know starts more than forty one and a half games. And there's reasons for that, which will why I think it'll become relevant too, based on the next betting line that we'll get into as well. Why I do think he gets more than the, the forty one and a half games. But um, I do think Pat will start more. Uh, we've got a super chat in here as well, LB from. Um, I'm going to say it's Brums, Brooms. I I, I met the dude in person and I asked him the question, how do I pronounce this? Is it Brooms or Brums? I know I feel really bad because one, I forgot how to pronounce it, but two, he's just given us a super chat. I'm really sorry, dude, but I appreciate you sending us the super chat and he's asking us, okay, so how high is Pat ceiling? We're talking about over-under. We're talking about higher and lower, these type of things. Is Pat ceiling, William, higher than Larry Markinen's? I, they're just such different players that it's kind of hard to put them into the same comparison or the same even like grouping. But like Lowry Markinen averaged 19 and 9 on, you know, 43, 36, 87 in his second year with the Bulls. Like he was putting up big numbers. I didn't think he would be this good, but I also didn't think he would be like 13 and a half and five bad. That was his worst seasons with the worst season with the Bulls, 13 and a half points five rebounds and that's better than anything Pat's done. So in terms of scoring, I think Lowry uh, is just going to be a better player until Pat falls into, you know, huge usage. Um, And then obviously like things really clicked for him in uh, Utah and he just absolutely exploded. Like for people that don't remember 25 points, eight and a half rebounds on 50, um, 39, 87 shooting splits. So like, I mean, that's, he was he on an all NBA team. Um, if no, not, he I was, agree. I mean, he was an all-star. He was like on the fringe of all NBA. Like, I just think it would have to take so much for Patrick to get to that level. But granted, again, I didn't think Lowry would get to this level. I think Patrick can be really good. I think he's a better defensive player. So that sort of raises the the tides a little bit for him. But um, I don't see Patrick being like an all-star fringe all NBA guy in the next several years. Yeah. Now, look, something tells me that Dave doesn't listen to HQ Friday. So I'm just guessing, I'm assuming, but, um, and I'm confident in that. And, then, and that gives me the, uh, the impetus to say this, but I still doubt Larry Markin. I'm still doubting, st- I'm still doubting how real that Larry Markin season was. And if it's something he can replicate again, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to. That's my, my pessimism. It would not surprise continuing. me if that's the best year of his career. I mean, that is a tremendous yeah. year of production. Yeah. So big Dave, if you're, if you're listening to this, then, um, well, then one, I know you're listening to HQ Fridays, but uh, if you are, I'm hoping that Larry slander hits you hard there, sir. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Pat has the same ceiling as Larry. I don't think Pat will ever produce the season that Larry just did. But to your point, I didn't think Larry was, <laughs> I didn't have it. I didn't think Larry had it in him to do that as well. But um, yeah. But if he's playing like that, he's going to hit the over 41 and a half game started. That's for sure. Yeah, look, maybe if he hits that as well, he'll be in the next Kawhi Leonard. But until then, um, let's see if he can win his starting his starting spot back. But I'm I'm saying he will, and I'm saying he's going to clear that one and uh, sorry the forty one and a half Williams going under. So interesting. Who is the real Pat Hater after all? Do I want Patrick to start? Probably. Hmm. Do I think he will? Probably not. I'm just, just, I'm just finding it interesting. That's all. I just find it interesting as to who the real Pat Hater is on this podcast. That's all I'm saying. I'm just all I'm Stop saying. I'm moving to on though. The blame onto me, Mark. Let's move on. <laughs> moving on, and I think this is somewhat connected. 
But on to the next over-under. We've set the line here at 25 and a half. And that 25 and a half relates to games missed between Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. They only missed 13 games in total last year, William. Do they miss more than 25 and a half games this season? Uh, I think it's an interesting one, and I think it is connected somewhat to the Pat question, but do you think they miss more than 25 and a half? Um, that's a tough one. Um, I think just the odds of them doing that again, of only missing combined 13 games, is pretty... Uh, it's pretty small. I mean, like they, so the year before DeMar played 76, that was, I believe a team high. So that was six games missed. Zach played 67. So that's 15 right there. And that's basically at what, what was it? 25 and a half. Um, yeah. And then Vooch missed nine games. So I just think one, it could, it could be as simple as, you know, a, a small injury that holds somebody out for two weeks. And now they're right on that threshold. Um, I don't know that you can count on 82 games from Vooch. I don't know that you can count on 77 from Zach. Um, I think 74 is pretty in line with what DeMar will play. Um, and I'm not saying they're going to miss like 50 games or anything, but I think that line, you know, it's, I think it's set pretty fairly just to, um, just to sort of reflect the reasonable number of games they miss. But I think ultimately it will be probably in like 26 to 30 range. So I would take the, the over on that one. Me too. I'm banging the over here. Um, Really banging that over right here. So uh, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, I, I'm, I can't expect the Bulls to have the same level of you know, health luck that they did last season. You know, Lonzo aside, clearly, that's uh, something that we have to put aside again this year, unfortunately. But the Bulls, more, you know, for the most part, beyond Javante Green, were a pretty healthy team last season. And despite that, only managed to win the 40-odd games. So... You know, if Zach, Demar, and and Vooch miss more than twenty five and a half games, so let's call it twenty six or twenty six or more games, then how does that impact the win loss record? And that's when you really need guys like Pat and Kobe and you know all the others to really step up and do their thing. But that's another reason why I think Pat does start more than forty one and a half games because there will be games where Demar misses or Vooch misses or Zach misses, whatever it may be, where that starting unit has to have a, a repositioning of sorts. And because of that, I think there'll be more of an opportunity for Pat and others to get into that starting unit. And I do think that we shouldn't be expecting the same level of health that we saw last season. And unfortunately, I do think, you know, it may not be anything super serious, but one ankle roll here, a shoulder, you know, a hit to the shoulder, whatever it might be, something small that only is a two-week injury, but two weeks is seven, you know, anywhere between six to eight games sort of thing. So uh, if, if one or more of those guys have a couple of those type of little niggles, then that can happen. And then at, at that point, uh, you easily clear that over. So I'm, I'm taking the over on this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's just the, the safe bet. You know, like I'm not, I think in order to hit the under on that, like you would need to have another season of like pretty special and lucky health, which to be fair, like the Bulls have put together a team of guys that do play a lot of games. Like Damar and Vooch have been extremely durable. Zach has obviously had some bad injuries, but I think is pretty unfairly, you know, recognized as a guy who misses a lot of games. He's had a couple of, of bad injuries, but um, I just think it would be like on the less than likely end that they would be able to do that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, let's do one more before we take another break. But uh, this somewhat may be connected to what we discussed here because uh, health 
injuries. These are the sorts of things that typically lead to accolades, to awards, to recognition. But in terms of all-star appearances of Williams, we're setting the line at over-under or the over-under line at, at uh, 0.5 all-star appearances. So do the Bulls effectively get one all-star or do they get zero all-stars? What, what's your thoughts on this one? I'm going under. Um, I think mm-hmm. DeMar was just on the fringes last year. And I think a lot of people would argue that James Harden, who was really, really dominating at that time in the year, mm-hmm. uh, should have made it over him. Um mm-hmm. I'm sure there were guys I can't think of any off the top of my head, but that had been injured, um, you know, that probably could have made it over DeMar if they had been healthy throughout the start of the season. Zach could be one of those guys where, you know, if he started the season playing as well as he did to end the season, I think he would have been there for an all-star appearance, but um, the East continues to get better. And I think, the the guys that have been on the all-star team from the bulls have been on the lower end of that level. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily foresee a huge jump from DeMar this year. I don't see one from Vooch. I think Zach's really the one guy that still has another level to get to. Um, so we'll see, but again, that would depend on health. That would depend on um, just, you know, the team playing a lot better. I think that's mm-hmm. another big piece of it. So yeah. I, I think the safer bet here is to take the under. I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, I don't think the Bulls are going to have an all-star this season. I think DeMar will at some point have some regression. He's been incredible these last two seasons. And I still think in some respects he's underappreciated by certain segments of the Bulls fan base. Uh, But I do expect in year 15 at age 34 season, I think this is year 15 for DeMar to have some level of regression it won't mean he's a good all of a sudden a bad player or not a, a completely good and effective player potentially still the bulls first option but i don't think necessarily that's going to be at an all-star level and if damian lillard heads over east then that's another guard to compete with which is why i think zach levine probably won't make it either um and if the hawks are good and are better than the bulls and i would imagine the the voters would lean trey versus levine as well so yeah, it's some. It's going to be contingent, obviously, on the team's win-loss record. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But uh, I'm taking the under, under here as well, William. But uh, let's move on. Let's pay some bills and let's start with our friends at Shady Rays, who we've already established. It's very hot in the summer. It's very hot in in the northern hemisphere. Our poor Chicagoans are just dealing with 90 degree weather out there. Oh, it's so hot. It's the sun is beaming down. How will you guys ever survive? But you you know what you need to do? If you do venture out of your house, you need to be protecting your eyes. And what better way to do so than taking on the sun with gear that is built to last? And that's exactly what Shady Rays are there for, friends. They are there to have you covered for the warmer weathers, uh, warmer weather months like you're living uh, currently through in July in, in Chicago. And they got you sorted with these premium polarized shades and they do it all at an affordable price, William. So if you want to get your hands on some just beautiful, beautiful sunglasses that look as good as any of those, you know, exorbitant, over-the-top designer brands, Shady Rays have you covered. They're giving you the best-looking sunnies. They've got you covered and protecting you from that just absolutely hot and beaming sun that you guys have to deal with. And they're doing it all at an affordable price. And better yet, they have a lost and broken replacement policy whereby if you lose your sunglasses, if you sit on them, if the sun is so hot that it just happens to melt away the sun, uh, your sunglasses, Shady Rays 
will get you sorted. You can see the Shady Rays dingoes to just over my right shoulder, right shoulder here, looking just absolutely fine. Look at these beautiful premium polarized shades. They look damn good. They look designer level worthy good. And like I said, all at an affordable price and even better friends, even better. We've got you hooked up with a 50% off code. So if you want to jump onto shadyrays.com, use promo code CHGO. And when you do, you will receive 50% off two, two plus pairs of polarized sunnies. So try them out for yourself, as Dave would say. And again, Dave's not listening to this. So I'm not going to do the Dave voice. But try them out for yourself. Try for it- yourself. <laughs> try it out for yourself. Over 250,000 people online have given this company a five-star review. Now, if you if you don't want to believe me, if you don't want to believe Will or LB or the Shady Rays Dingo, then put your trust in those 250-odd thousand people have, who have given Shady Rays a five-star review. We're hooking you up with 50% off with the promo code CHTO. When, like I said, come thank me later because you will look, be looking fine. You will be looking absolutely incredible in your Shady Rays. You'll be doing it at an affordable price and you will be able to tackle that beaming hot sun with these beautiful sunnies will so you got your shady rays on you go to sunnyside dispensary and you pick up what you're what you're looking for there then you're gonna walk yourself over not drive because that would be irresponsible and illegal but you're gonna walk over to circle k one of our newest partners who we're very excited to partner with and pick up some of your favorite snacks some coffee some goose island beer maybe and any snack that you want. And then once you sober up the next day, you can head over to Circle K and get premium gas for great prices. So check out Circle K if you're on a road trip. If you're just driving around, you know they've got the best deals you've ever gotten. They've got great pickups and they've got locations everywhere. So thanks to Circle K for sponsoring CHGO. Visit the nearest Circle K to pick up all your favorite finds. Beautiful. Thank you, William. And thank you for being a responsible person by suggesting walking. That's definitely what we're endorsing here. But um, if you can be brave to do so, again, just just thinking about all of you braving so that, uh, that, that, so that extreme heat, thoughts and prayers to all the Chicagoans out there having to deal with that. But um, let's conclude the show. We've got 15 minutes or so left. Let's do some more fake betting lines. We've got a lot more to go Should through. We rattle through uh, a bunch of these. We've got, we've got a handful. Yeah, so let, let's move them through them quickly. I've got, I've, I want to, I want to hit on this one because this is a take I've been brewing in the back of my dome. It is a large dome. There's not much in there, so I'm not sure how relevant this will be in there. How relevant this is? Maybe I'm off, but I'm working on a take, William, that suggests that the Bulls haven't really materially changed their shooting profile. I think we've maybe bought a little too much into the Javon Carter and Tory Craig signings. I think they're obviously very good signings. I think they will help in a number of different levels. I think they'll certainly help from a three-point shooting perspective. But I think the fan base more collectively has just gone a little bit too far in thinking that the shooting profile of this team has changed materially. I don't think it has that much. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. We'll see. But I'm setting an over-under of 24 and a half, and that 24 and a half represents the Bulls' position in the league. So, you know, will they be 24 or better in terms of three-point attempt rate? You're taking the over-under of that. Um, wait, are you saying 24 and a half three-point As attempt in the rate? 24th or the in the 24th, league or not? Like 24th yeah. or better in the league. Okay, because I was about yeah. to say, they were they were bad last year, but they were still 30.4 or three-point attempt rate. Yeah. Um, that would have, so I'm, I'm effectively would, saying, are they are they are bottom they five or not? Are yeah. they bottom so five or not? Are they going to be bottom five? Um, 
they are they were a percent and a half away from being 26th or 25th this year um mm-hmm. about two and a half percent from being 24th uh and I just, okay, so here, I, I I would say like the one thing is teams aren't shooting less threes. Like every year teams are not going down and down in three-point percentage. Like the league as a whole is taking more threes. Um, I think that the Bulls probably understand the criticism they've, that they've gotten certainly from the fan base um, and just the way that like the rest of the league has sort of talked about them. Um, they understand from that perspective and and obviously just from the perspective of how much more dynamic it makes an offense that they do need to shoot more threes. They brought in shooters. I think Javon Carter will help a lot. I think Tory Craig helps a lot. Um, I agree with you though, that it doesn't necessarily boost them into like top half of the league. Um, but I think that they, they are putting enough of an emphasis on it this year to get in out of the bottom five. I think they will be in the bottom 10 but I'm taking the over on bottom five. Interesting, interesting. I'm, I'm, I want to. I also want to take the over here, but um, something's pulling me towards the under. And and some numbers here. So, per, purely per 100, um, not necessarily contextual. But Patrick Beverly shot six and a half threes per 100 possessions last season. Javon Carter, 8.9. So you're getting two extra threes from him per 100 possessions. It's not a material change there. Torrey Craig, 6.3 threes per 100 possessions. Derek Jones Jr., 4.4. So again, more, but it's not massively more. Now, are those guys more accurate than Beverly and DJJ? Yes. So I would assume that the threes that they do take, they're more likely to connect on them, which is obviously as important as three-point attempts. Now, obviously, that's per 100. These guys aren't going to be playing per 100. They're not going to be playing 100 possessions. And obviously, those numbers are influenced by the rotation and how many possessions these guys actually play. So that's all to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take the under just to be a contrarian here. Uh, I don't necessarily think that will necessarily play out, but just to just to be a little bit different. And because I came up with this particular one, I'm going to take the under, but let's keep it moving. Top 10 defense, William 10 and a half is the line. Are the Bulls going to replicate what they did last season? Can they be a top 10 defense or are they going to fall down a little bit this season? Yeah. So last year, obviously they finished, I believe fifth in defense, uh, Mm -hmm. which was pretty surprising. I got to say missing Lonzo for the whole year, but they were like, squarely in the top five they were closer to one than they were to um to 10 i believe uh or if not it's just like smack in the middle so i mean they were like a legitimate top five defense um i think they probably will continue to be a top 10 defense so i'm gonna take the over 10 and a half um but I, i would not be surprised if they fall down to like 10th but I think a lot of what they did was pretty legit. Um, they have brought in more good defenders. They were just as good in the second half of last season. Um, so, you know, adding Javon Carter, adding Tory Craig, having more veteran presence and understanding, um, a lot of it will depend on the health of this team. And, and you could put that caveat on just about any um, aspect of these conversations. But I, I think they're, uh, I think they'll be around top 10 for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm banging the over here. Uh, I believe in my father, Billy Donovan, to coach up a good dispensive scheme as he's done previously. I think the Bulls have shown that they can be a top five defense. Hit that like for Billy Donovan and this defense. 
Um, I think the Bulls will be a top 10 in defense again. And, you know, it, despite my pessimism around the shooting profile changing, when you add Javon Carter and Torrey Craig to a team that was already top five in defense, I think that you should be, if you're not maintaining the top five, then you should be at least maintaining the top 10. So I think that is certainly yeah, I was, feasible. Uh, I was speaking out of my ass there when I was saying that the uh, the Bulls were better in defense the second half of the season but i just looked it up and they were not only better they were number one they had the best defense in the second half of last season obviously that came with pat bev and caruso just absolutely wrecking guys but i do think that they're gonna play more closely to that level with javon carter and tory craig and alex caruso for the whole season so i'm i'm going top 10 yeah yeah let's lock that in quickly going through we've got maybe five or six more to go so let's let's touch on this quickly in terms of over under in the net rating of this team, uh, we're set- <laughs> we're setting the line at zero. <laughs> the line for this team, from a net rating point of view, is zero. At least what we're setting the line at. Do you think there will be uh, greater than? Or are you taking the over in terms of net rating at zero? Last I'm season taking, they were one. I'm taking the over. Last yeah, year. last last year they were one point three. They were negative the year before that, when obviously their record was a little bit better. So I think we're just yeah. seeing swings in one direction or the other, but. I think they're going to be a better basketball team this year, and I think that will result in a better than zero net rating. Will it be better than the 1.3 that it was this year? Probably. I'm not as convinced about that one, but I, I definitely think they will be above zero. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take the over two as well. Not that that's a you know much of an achievement, to be honest well, with Well, that's effectively uh, like, will they be a 500 team or better, right? Because that typically yeah. translates, a zero net rating typically translates to 41 wins. Yeah, and for reference, the Atlanta Hawks last season had a, had a 0.1 net rating. They were 19th in the NBA with that, and they were literally bang on 41-41 last season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over. Not that I'm suggesting the Bulls are going to be a great a great team or anything like that, but I think you know they'll be slightly above zero in terms of net rating. So I'm taking the over there. Continuing the net rating theme in terms of a three-man tandem, Again, we're setting the uh, the line here at zero, but are we taking the over-under for Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and the pairing with Nikola Vucevic? Is that three-man unit going to be greater than zero in terms of net rating? Last year, it was not. Minus 0.4. So uh, this one's a tough one, to be honest with you, but where are you going with it? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're putting me on the spot with all of these first, but... Um, Sorry. Do I, you want me to answer this one first? No, no, no. I, I got it. I got this. Um, I, I think they will be better than that. I think the, the help that they put around them will make them better than that. Um, that I think is the biggest thing for me, just in terms of like, you know, they're playing most of these minutes with Patrick and IO out there in the first half or the majority mm-hmm. of last season, the minutes where they played with Patrick Beverly, Beverly and Crusoe, they had an incredible net rating. Um, and I think again, similar to the defense, similar to the team net rating, those guys are just going to help the big three. So I just said it and I told you I wasn't going to, they're going to help the core three look a lot better this year. And so I do think they're going to be positive. I think for the first time since they've been put together, was that right? Uh, I don't recall what they did in the first season, um, but it wasn't, it I'll wasn't have a look while you talk. Yeah. Well, look, uh, I'm going to take the over and I think what we've learned based on this three-man group is they're not good enough as a, as a collective, as a trio to sort of lift up a five-man unit by themselves. They are very dependent on those two guys that are next to them, which is why the Lonzo and Caruso line up next to, next to these three was quite productive 
the Caruso and Pat Williams lineup with these three was very good, as was the Caruso and Pat Beverly lineup with these three. So they they are very contingent, or or they they the whoever the, the those next two are guys, those next two players are that sit next to these three. I think is very very important. So uh, I will say again, given the depth, the added depth of Javon Carter and Tory Craig, there's more there's more depth to this roster. They're, they're better equipped to handle injuries. They're better equipped to put, put out actual units that make sense. And to your point around Io and Pat spending a lot of time together, like Io and Pat last season were bottom two on this team in terms of net rating last season. So a lot of those, as you said, a lot of their minutes were shared with Vooch, Demar, and Zach. Now, like I said, Vooch, Demar, and Zach, they need to be better. They need to be better at lifting these lineups up and, uh, carrying guys like Io and Pat, but clearly they've established that they can't do that. But can they do that with Javon Carter and Alex Caruso and Patrick Williams running through those positions? I think they can. So I'm banging the over here, William. I think they're going to be in the plus. I don't necessarily think it'll be much, but um, I'm, I'm taking the over. Yeah, now, minus, minus 0.4 last year, minus 1.1 the year before that. So they're getting better. We might hit positive this season. After three years of continuity, we might finally get there. We did it, friends. Well, we haven't done it yet, but we're predicting we're going to do it. But uh, all right, a couple more. I'm just going to pick and choose a couple more here. Um, I I like this one. This one's an interesting one. And it's interesting because I came up with it. (laughs) Over, under, you know, three and a half in the central. So essentially what I'm saying is, will the Bulls be third or fourth in the central division. Now I know divisions don't necessarily mean anything, but in terms of standings and whatnot, but I just, I'm, I've been thinking about this one because I have a, again, another take brewing in the back of my mind. I don't know if it's a good one or a bad one, probably a bad one. And it will, it will make me, uh, all the perception will continue in terms of me being a hater, but uh, William, will the, will the bulls be a third seed potentially more or will they be less than a third seed in the central division? So just to lay out the actual teams that are in the central division, you've got, mm-hmm. you're competing with the Bucks, the Cavs, the Pistons, and the Pacers. Um, I think three and a half is a really good line because I, I think the Cavs and the Bucks are just kind of in another tier. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Pistons are clearly below, but man, am I high on the Pacers. I love Tyrese Halliburton. I love what they did uh-huh. this summer. And they were really good with him um, last season. When he was on the court, they were plus 6.1 points per 100 possessions. I think there's going to be a big leap coming from that team. Benedict Matherin mm-hmm. in his second season is probably going to figure some things out. Um, they brought in Obi Toppin. I think they're more rounded. I really like Jairus Walker. Uh, Brucey B. Brucey B. I think they're going to I think they're gonna be really good. So I, I'm going to take the under on that. I'm going to go fourth. Me too. I thought that was going to be a hot take, but you agree too. So what we've established, Will, is you're a hater as well unfortunately so i guess i hate uh, to tell you hate to tell you that you are a hater but I, I i kind of think this as well and based on what we've already said that we're expecting or we're we're not hoping we're certainly not expecting or we, we certainly want to be wrong about it but in the event that vooch demar zach miss more than 25 and a half games as we sort of said before if that's the premise they're missing more games and and maybe you know that impacts the win loss record maybe the younger guys don't take off like we need them to in the event these older guys sort of miss games even caruso as well we have we like he'll he'll factor into the conversation too and he had an extremely healthy season for him relative um will he do that again but in if that isn't the case 
and that impacts the win-loss record, then I do think the Pacers are going to take a step. They were already a good team. They they did a mini tank last season in, in some respects. Like yeah, Halliburton got hurt, but they were ahead of the Bulls at at the uh, the buyout deadline. Yeah, so they sort of took the their foot off the gas towards the end of last season, which impacted their record, um, and is part of the reason why the Bulls were able to sort of stay in that playing race. Had the Pacers not done that and and tried to continue winning games, then to the Bulls even make the plane last season. Don't know. But I, I'm tipping as well that the Pacers are going to uh, go past the Bulls here. So yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm setting the I'm I'm taking the under on that one. One last one, William. Over under five and a half postseason games. Over under five and a half postseason games. So that can t- that um factors both playoff and play in games. Um, and five and a half would mean that if they make the play in as the second team, they would have two play in games and a playoff series, uh, which would be six. They could do one play in game and a five game playoff series or a six game playoff series. I'm going to take the over. I still think that they mm-hmm. get in, they get into the playoffs through the play-in. I think they're going to be the eighth seed, and I think the Pacers are going to be the seventh. And just to answer that guy Murph's question here in the comments real quick, why do we assume the worst for us but not for the Pacers? Because I think they have more room to grow internally, and I think the guys that they have are going to develop, whereas I think the Bulls are a little bit older and they have less scope for internal growth than a team like the Pacers or even like the Magic, who's, who are just like loaded um, but I think you're going to see the Nets fall back. I think you're going to see the Hawks fall back. I think you're going to see the Raptors fall back. And so I do think the Bulls will be around the eighth seed. I just, I'm really high on the Pacers. I think they'll be around the seventh seed. Um, but I think that they will get into the playoffs through the play in, and I think they'll win a playoff game. So I think I'm going to take the over by just a small margin. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under because I'm a hater. I'm taking the under. I don't think the Bulls are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to get in the plane. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to exit the plane. I think this season upcoming is going to be very similar to the one that we just saw. So I think they're going to be firmly in that 7-10 to 10 race. And uh, unfortunately, I don't see them coming out of the plane to get into that playoffs situation to really clear this over-under. So that's my thoughts. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm basing that purely on all the other lines we're sort of discussed here as well. So... Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the under. Sadly, sadly, but I will say one one last one. Just a shout out to our our sponsors here at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. They are doing us all a favor by setting the Bulls' win total line at thirty seven and a half, and I'm taking the over on that one. I'll take the over on that. I'll take the I over. Think that's, I think, I think that's an easy gonna, over. I think the Bulls are going to have a forty one and forty one season. I'm going yeah. out on the limb there by saying that this is a five hundred ball club, really stepping out there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over on that line. Shout out to DraftKings for, for doing us a favor on that one. Yeah, free money, friends. Um, sadly, Will, it is the end of the podcast. How just devastated to, to learn that, that fact. But uh, look, I appreciate everyone for tuning in, despite the hatred from myself. The fact that everyone's prepared to listen to the podcast, despite that, uh, I really, really, really appreciate it, William. I really, really appreciate you, particularly braving the heat. I, I don't know how your computers are actually stay I'm not, online. I'm, I'm in online, an air-conditioned room, man. I'm <laughs> staying away from it. 
Well, you got to love these Friday episodes, as Kyle Williams noted, pure unabated pessimism. And I think that's just the I way think I we were like pretty it. optimistic today. We we told we we're saying they're going to improve their record. We said they're going to improve their spot in the standings. We said Vooch and Damar and Zach are going to be better together. We think Patrick's going to get better. I think that's about as optimistic as you're going to hear from us. Well, I guess, I suppose. But uh, we started the first 20 minutes of the show hating on Patrick Williams, or at least that's what the headline suggested, even though I disagree <laughs> with it. But um, I don't know, whatever. It is what it is. It was another episode of CHDO Bulls Podcast, friends. Um, hope you loved it. If, and if you didn't, let me know. I'm sure you will on Twitter anyway, but appreciate everyone for tuning in. Appreciate LB from returning from his vacation. His first show back was with us here. At least I think it's his first show. If it wasn't, I'm going to pretend it was. Thank you for pressing the buttons, LB. Close sure. enough. Sure. Close enough. Thank you for being part of it. This pessimistic Bulls podcast. I mean, but, uh, it, you know, I got the fan on. It's so hot in here. You know, jeez. Oh, yeah, thoughts and prayers, that'll be. I hey. hope you make it through today, mate. I hope you make it through today. That's um, that's all I can really ask for. But uh, you're a brave soul, as are you know everyone else tuning in. We appreciate it, William. Thank you for tuning in at or not tuning in, being part of the show <laughs> at Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter. I'm at MK Hoops. I am a hashtag Pat Will Believer. If you want to follow us on on uh, you, on YouTube, obviously you know where to find us. Apple, Spotify. Look for CHGO Bulls Podcast. You can hit us up there too on Twitter at CHGO underscore Bulls. That's, 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 the, that's our handle on the way out. Hit us a like if you love this pessimistic episode of CHGO Bulls. Hit a like on the way out. But uh, on behalf of William, on behalf of LB, I've been MK. Thank you for listening to HQ. Dave and Matt will be back next week along with William. Um, maybe that'll be more of an optimistic take on that podcast but uh tune in for that one friends we'll be speaking to you then but uh appreciate you all for tuning in see you then pat will <laughs> <laughs>